and welcome to the fifth episode of Can Making News in Conversation. Today, I am chatting to John Herdlich, the CEO and president of INX International, which is a global manufacturer of high-performance printing inks and coatings for commercial packaging and digital print applications. John, hello. Hi, Janice. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you very much. It's so lovely to see you and to have a chat. Have I pronounced your name correctly, by the way? Yes, you did. Uh, Herdlich <laughs> is perfect. So... What I wanted to do is just have a little chat about you and go through some background. I mean, we all know about INX. INX has been around for forever. I mean, as long as, as I can remember. Perhaps you could refresh our memories and tell us all about the company just for our listeners, really. Well, we, we have been around quite a while. Inks International is uh, part of the Cicada Inks Group. And our our business is mainly focused on packaging inks of all types. That's about 86% of our business. But we are also still involved in commercial uh, printing inks and coatings, uh, energy curable inks and coatings. And uh, Cicada Inks is the third largest uh, printing ink company globally. Uh, so we are part of that group, and we are also the third largest uh, company in North America. So we've been uh, very strong in the can-making business related to uh, inks, and that's been the, most of our efforts uh, along with our other business. So tell me about Sakata. Did that happen before INX or the other way around? How did it work? sakata uh, has been around uh, just as long as uh, we have. Prior to becoming uh, Inks International, we were Acme Printing Ink. Uh, which is the side of the business I came from. Okay. And uh, we began uh, working together with a joint venture in 1989, I believe. And in 1991, uh, Cicada uh, purchased us completely along with another group of uh, smaller ink companies. And we all became Cicada in 1991. So I've looked and done a little bit of research. So, it looks to me as though there are 44 locations globally for INX. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, 44 is about right. Uh, possibly 50 at one point in time. So managing companies all over the world must be really, really difficult. How does this work? Well, we're, we're very well connected uh, here in North America. Uh, we're also responsible for our operations facilities in Europe and South America. So even though we operate independently, it all happens under the umbrella of Inks North America. And we have very uh, close cross-functional management groups involved in all of those regions. We communicate on a regular basis. Uh, we budget together and uh, we share resources. So that keeps us very close-knit. So when you say you share resources, I'm immediately thinking about your R&D, because I know that's huge and very important to your company. I presume that most of your budget goes on R&D. Is that correct? Well, roughly, if I look at our uh, total revenue in North America, uh, I would say 5% of that is the cost of operating our R&D department yeah. in North America. So if if you factored in our R&D efforts in Europe, 
in South America, uh, that could be that could be closer to to 10%, but that's not really the whole story. Approximately 27% of our workforce are employees who are embedded in our metal customers and provide on-site technical support and uh, ink blending. So uh, a lot of our R&D effort includes the efforts that uh, go on in those implants because they provide testing and feedback to the R&D groups. And it's really quite extensive. Yeah, huge. I can imagine. So tell me about you, because we've seen you at shows and seen you out and about. And it looks to me as though you started out as a lab technician in Milwaukee. Is that correct? Uh, pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been in uh, in the industry a total of 47 years. My wow. first three years were with uh, a small company in Milwaukee, Sinclair and Valentine. And uh, then I joined Acme in 1977. And uh, I started in Milwaukee uh, on the production floor, actually, but very quickly uh, moved into the lab and uh, spent a great deal of time in QC, color matching, and customer service. And roughly in 1980, I transferred to Charlotte, North Carolina to join the, uh, the facility down there for Acme, which was... Uh, at that time, mostly uh, dedicated to two-piece metal ink manufacturing. Yeah. So it was down there that I learned the uh, the uh, two-piece and three-piece uh, metal decorating uh, uh, formulations and technical service. And then I, uh, I believe it was 1989, I moved on to run a facility in Pennsylvania that manufactured metal inks uh, in addition to other inks that our company had. Uh, Five years after that, I went back to Charlotte to run the facility. And very quickly, I I started to gravitate towards uh, regional operations management. And uh, in 1999, I was brought up to our corporate office here in Schaumburg, Illinois. And I managed uh, our distributors and our small tech service warehouse facilities. And in 2010-11, I became COO. And uh, when Rick Clinetti retired a few years ago, I uh, stepped in his big shoes. And uh, I've enjoyed it all the way. It's a very challenging uh, uh, role. But every day is different. And I enjoy that. And I enjoy the challenges. So you must have been hooked from day one, really, I imagine, because to, it's, it's unusual nowadays, I would have thought, maybe I'm wrong, to uh, for companies to offer apprenticeships from the, you know, from the very beginning and for employees to work their, themselves their, their way up, all the way up to the top. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I would think that's a challenge and also quite unusual. Yes, it's, you know, I come from a time where you could still do that. Yes. Uh, (laughs) If only. (laughs) Yes. A number of my peers uh, came up through our company or their companies in a similar way. But our, the ink industry is, is like that. It's an industry where you can, you can come into it green and 
work your way along uh, by learning. And you have to have somebody who supports you and uh, provides the mentorship that you need to, uh, yes. to grow. And obviously that person for me was Rick Lendenning. I mean, I remember him very well. A lovely man. Yes. Absolutely lovely. Every, every opportunity I've got, I've received from Inks has really come through uh, Rick Lendenning. So he guided me. We're not exactly the same in how we do things, but uh, much of uh, my approach uh, I learned from him. Do you still see him? Yes, on occasion. He's uh, relaxing in Wilmington, North Carolina, playing golf three days a week. Yeah. <laughs> but we still talk. Uh, we're due for another call, actually. And uh, he's still interested in how we're doing, how the industry's doing. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's enjoying his family and the grandchildren. And his golf game is improving. Yeah, excellent. No, I mean, he was a lovely guy. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that in the metal packaging industry um, gets into you, doesn't it? And once you're involved, it's very hard to to leave it. And I can remember going to the IMDPA several times to retirement parties. Mm -hmm. And the guys retired and they were there the next year. <laughs> So they didn't. They couldn't leave, really. No. It was. It's very hard, isn't it? Well, you know, it's it's a uh, a very important industry. You just look in grocery stores and yes, uh, where would people be without the aluminum can and all the other metal packaging that exists? So it's a critical in industry. It's important. Yet in the in the big picture, I guess it's relatively small compared to other industries, but it's very close knit. You you make a lot of lifelong friends. Uh, yes. uh, especially in the IMDPA, people yeah. learn from each other and uh, there's a lot of camaraderie, even if uh, you're competitors. So uh, the business yeah. does that to you. You play a strong uh, part in the IMDPA. Has this been a gradual process or was it a determined effort to actually really support the uh, association? Uh, we, we've been supporting uh, from day one. And we find it it's important for us to uh, help the industry progress. Obviously, we have a, a very large stake in the industry, so we we want to utilize uh, our position to uh, help influence, but also uh, uh, get the additional access to our customers and support them. Yeah. But our company does that with a lot of associations. We feel because our industry is so small, it's important that we do our part to uh, make it a viable option for younger people coming up in manufacturing or, or yes. in business in general and to make can make an industry, the printing ink industry, something that they, they would like to be part of. It's very colorful, that's for sure. It's really colorful. I know. I've got several prints, pictures that I've actually, I was given from award ceremonies. They are amazing. I've got a guitar, I've got cars, all metal decorating up in my in my study upstairs. It's amazing. Yes, it is. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So going back to the IDPA there, of course, your marketing director, Renee, is now president, which is a marvellous achievement because I think she's the second female, isn't she, to become president? Yes. Renee Scouten has done an excellent job. Uh, the same uh, passion she brings to her job here at Inks, she pours into the uh, her role as president of the IMDPA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody likes to make their mark, and Renee is certainly doing her uh, level <laughs> best to to leave the association in a better place when uh, 
when she moves out of that role. Yeah, I mean, it must be hard dealing with you guys, actually. (laughs) (laughs) When I think of all the men she has to deal with, I do feel for her. (laughs) Well, Renee came to us as an intern many, many years ago. Well, not that many years ago. She's still very young. but uh, So she's learned our business from the ground up, and she kind of grew up with us. She looks yeah. out for us, and we definitely look out for her. Yeah, no, she's amazing. I've known her for a long time, too. So, yeah, it's fantastic news. Um, my next thought is, oh, maybe you can tell me secrets. Maybe you can't. I don't <laughs> know. Do you have anything new coming up on the horizon that we that you can share with me that we need to know? Or do I have to wait for, until everybody else gets it, too? Uh, everything we're, uh, we're doing on the development side these days, no matter what the product is, it's, it's all related to being more sustainable, and we know that's the direction we have to take. Uh, on the CAN side, we're uh, very uh, involved in digital printing as well. Yes. And we're developing our digital inks for aluminum cans uh, to another level. We Right now, energy curable seems to be the uh, method of choice for curing. Yes. And that's something that that uh, you can look for in the future. And here is a very quick word about our guest, Inks International. Inks International Company is a global manufacturer of high-performance printing inks and coatings for commercial packaging and digital print applications. They bring global brands a strategic advantage no other ink manufacturer in the world can match. From chemical formulation to best manufacturing practices, from technical innovation to field service and support, from all types of printing inks and coatings to new digital platforms. Inks International stands ready with global capabilities and local solutions. And now back to the podcast. How have you coped during the pandemic? I mean, has it been quite hard? Because I know the traveling has been has cut down dramatically. Um, I've asked everybody these questions actually, but I, it must has it affected your business or have you managed to find other alternatives? Well, actually, our business is stronger than ever uh, mm. as a result, even during the pandemic. As I said earlier, eighty six percent or so of our of what we produce is for uh, packaging, and a lot of that is food packaging. Yeah. and beverages that go in the grocery stores. And during the pandemic, uh, people were couldn't go to restaurants, so they were purchasing more from the grocery stores. Yes. Uh, it, it's interesting, in, in the U.S., there's a higher consumption of alcoholic beverages at home than in other countries. So the uh, that was a big... But it's higher in the U.S. It's higher in the U.S. than Europe. Is it really? Yes, <laughs> that, that always, that's just because of the pandemic, is it? I don't know. I, I I thought I heard during the pandemic that that was a that was a stat that was there before the pandemic, but the yes. pandemic just increased it further. You know, we were essential throughout the pandemic. Our yes. facilities never shut down. Our corporate office was totally mobilized for working from home within three yes. days. And uh, I kept coming to work because I could, and there were only a handful of us here on the floor, so it was easy to be distanced. But Mm. our company, uh, we reacted very well to the needed protocols to keep our people safe. Our employees were very uh, cooperative with that. And we had some uh, impact from COVID, but uh, the percentages were relatively Mm. low. 
and we we never had us had to stop manufacturing. No. Um, that's continued into this year, obviously, at various levels, depending uh, what part of the world you're in, or in the U.S., what state you're in. Yes. Uh, but the uh, with the current situation with the supply chain disruptions, uh, yes. we're finding that more challenging than COVID was actually. Yeah, that's so. the problem, isn't it? That's the problem globally. I know here it's quite bad. Um, there are things that we can't get. But it's interesting about drinking it from home and staying at home. I think we've all done that here. And I know mm-hmm. I got into watching movies on television and, and doing things that I never used to do as much and um, not going out as much. And actually, I'm still not going out much because I quite like being home now. Yes. COVID uh, changed a lot of habits. Yes. And, it did. Uh, <laughs> I noticed uh, uh, driving around here in the U.S., you saw a lot of people make a lot of improvements to their uh, backyards, their patios. Yes. <laughs> yes. Their patios became their entertainment Ideal area. homes. Ideal homes suddenly <laughs> appear. Yeah, no, amazing. <laughs> so, well, hopefully we're going to get out of this now because um, I guess the next big show now for the industry will be MetPAC in 2023. Yes, we, uh, we've already been talking about that. and. Mm. We have a space secured. It's smaller than our normal uh, space for a stand. You know, if I look at our largest stand, uh, it was at Drupa. But for MetPAC and many other shows uh, that we'll still participate in, uh, we'll probably have a smaller booth, uh, not as much equipment in it as we used to have. We want to mainly uh, promote our, our newest technology and have people there to meet with customers. Uh, so the pandemic taught us, number one, we probably do not have to travel as much as we used to uh, or send as many people as we used to. So going forward, uh, we'll still participate in the important shows, but I suspect we'll have a, a smaller presence. Yes. And in some shows, we'll likely just send people to uh, – interact with customers. Mm. A, a lot of associations and shows found found it very easily to uh, move to a hybrid, not a hybrid necessarily, but a totally virtual format. Yes. And it's still not as good as the live in-person uh, shows because there's a lot to be said about that as far as relationship building. And, yes. And, uh, but it, if you're teaching people about technology, the virtual shows uh, do very well. So I, I think in the future there'll be a mix of both. Yes, I agree. And some of those shows will be hybrid, but yeah, I think the shows. I think the shows now that uh, they're essential. But I think, as you say, we've all discovered that we can manage without, not completely without, but not doing things differently. And I think it's, it's a good thing, really. It's cost effective. Yes. Yes, I, I guess it would be shame on us if we didn't learn from yes. from these things because it does change everything going forward. Uh, as we said, people's habits have changed. Yes. And and a lot of people do not want to travel as much anymore. So we'll adapt and business will go on and we'll all be fine. Well, I think the next conference is um, smaller comms. Is, uh, you've got Latin Can in March. I think next year, and then of course there'll be the IMDPA again. I presume that'll be in May again. I, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know. We haven't heard yet. 
Uh, I believe that's still being discussed. Uh, yeah. With the timing. Yeah. Uh, Latham can just happen and another one coming in March. Yeah. So uh, that is something everyone's talking about. Do we stay on a, the new annual time frame or switch back to the old? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it, really? I think switching back because it's actually ingrained in our in our minds, isn't it? Those months mm-hmm. are ingrained in our minds. And I, I forget that, you know, that the round EPA was just now. I, I always think of it as being in May, so maybe it's best to keep to the same. I don't know. It's But it's exciting time. There are exciting times ahead. Now, I want to ask you a question I ask everybody, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I can guess who the first one is, but maybe you can <laughs> remind me. Who... Can you tell me, name three people who were the most influential people in your in your life, basically? I would say working life, not personal life. Working life, uh, number one, is definitely Rick Lindenning, as yeah. for the reasons I stated before. Uh, number two and three is hard, especially if you have to keep personal out of it. So, Well, if you want to say personal, do. It's fine. Uh, I mean, my, obviously, my parents gave me my basis. To, uh, to be who I am. But from a business standpoint, I can honestly say after Rick Lindenny, I've always been an observer of people I work for or with, even outside of our company. And I, I can truly say I, I pick up things from everyone. Yeah. Uh, and it's very hard to choose a number two or three that had the biggest impact on me. Uh, early in my career of being a general manager, uh, Greg Stromberg, who worked for Angst. Uh, yes, I know Greg. He, yes. yeah. he sent me a lot of books. Is he? <laughs> my, my wife still comments on that because they show up at, at our house. But but I learned from what he sent me, but in, in our long discussions we used to have when I was trying to figure out how to be a general manager. And, and beyond that, he's always been very... Uh, influential and yeah. now we help support his canned water for kids yes it's fantastic absolutely fantastic. Charity. but really after rick and and greg number three is everyone i've worked with uh including today i i try to pull a little bit from each of them because i'm surrounded by a lot of very intelligent people and i can't do what i'm doing without them that sounds cliche but with my background that's that's 100 percent truth so, so the key to true leadership, I mean, having not knowing you, obviously, very well and talking to you now, is it to be totally calm and totally open to suggestions and also to take criticism, really, and to delegate? I mean, I, I look at you now and I get the impression you're quite a calm, relaxed guy, pretty laid back. Am I right? On the outside, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're a Rottweiler inside, are you? <laughs> no, I, I'm, uh, you know, recently uh, our HR tried out a new uh, uh, survey with me that we'd like to use with our employees, and it it nailed me to a T for the most part. I thought some things were a little off, but that's because I didn't like it. Mm. You know, they, uh, but, you know, I, I tend to have a uh, even – feel about me. Uh, I have my moments. People know when I'm not happy and I I don't have to uh, pound the table. But I also believe in uh, uh, listening to everyone's opinion. Uh, This is a group effort. I like to give people room to uh, do their jobs and not do it for them, but I provide uh, 
what I can to make them successful. So uh, I'm lucky to be in the role I'm in to, to, to help lead our company, but it's really the people behind me who are doing the day-to-day, and I just give a nudge here and there when it's needed. And, of course, there's always that time uh, when everyone stops talking, then they look at you, and then you have to make the decision. And uh, that's fine. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy the uh, the challenge. You've got broad shoulders. <laughs> I hope so. They're pretty sore some of these days. <laughs> and do you play golf as well? Do you play golf? I try. You know, I, I enjoy the act of being out there, being outside, and, and the fun that you get in those events. Uh, I've just never had the time nor, or taken the time to play on a regular basis to uh, to get really good. I can contribute in a scramble, but on my own, I'm, I need a lot of work. So I'll save that for retirement. Yeah, there are a lot of golf courses in the States, I think, aren't there? Hugely, yes. so popular. I don't play, I'm afraid. I tried once and I I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. But I, I, I appreciate it. And we have some great golf clubs in the UK as well, you know. So mm-hmm. so what do you try and what do you do to relax then? Well, when I can, uh, I like to fish. Fantastic. I like being outdoors. So uh, my wife and I will take our dog for some long walks. Sometimes we just like to take drives out into the country and yes. uh, randomly find a nice spot. We like to taste wine and enjoy wine. So surprisingly, in Illinois, there are a number of wineries that yes. uh, exist. And there's some decent wine. So that's always a nice uh, weekend just to do that. And we're very big on uh, getting time with our family who are all in, in the Charlotte area. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah. But we have six grandkids that we try to keep up with and uh, hopefully a few more before they're done. I am a Packer fan. so uh, A Packer fan? It's, it's a Green Bay Packers football. Oh, okay, American football. Oh, I'm so sorry. So I'm really ignorant there. That's okay. Yeah, I only, I've, I, oh, my goodness. I saw one. I've seen one uh, American football match, and that was in Chicago. The Cubs were playing, and I saw that. And I went with my husband and my son, who was a f- sports fanatic, and he understood all of it. And spent the whole time explaining to me the rules. I still don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. Sports in general, uh, I enjoy, but... Uh, you know, we, we lead a relatively calm life, I guess you'd say. So to finalize, really, you've been at Inks for over 47 years, you said. 44 years with Inks, three years with the first company I was with. So I don't know. What are your plans for the future? To stay there forever? If I stayed here for something, something went terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think people deserve to retire at a time when they're ready. Yes. and. I have a time in mind, okay. and when that day comes, everyone will know. <laughs> so are you grooming somebody to take over? Yes. Well, we I think we have uh, somebody ready right now, Ooh. and we have others on board who I think uh, could uh, be in the role for the future. So ultimately, that's up to Sakata in Japan. That's so exciting. That's really exciting. Yes. That's not male or female. Can you tell me that? I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with me about INX before we close this set, the chatting? No, uh, INX is going to be around a long time. Our dedication to the metal side of the business is uh, unmatched, and that's not going to change no matter who's sitting here. And uh, 
our culture is uh, in good hands now and for the future. So Fantastic. the industry and our customers can expect more of the same from us. I can't wait to hear more and to see more. John, thank you very much indeed for this. It's really been illuminating for me. Well, Janice, thank you. It's been a pleasure and uh, good luck with your endeavor. If our listeners would like to get in touch with you, how do they do this? I would say, Janice, the best way to get in touch with me is just go to LinkedIn, search for my name, and I'm on there every day. I'll, I'll respond. Okay, great. Lovely. Okay. It's a wrap. Is that what they say? <laughs> hopefully, I'll meet you properly at the next show, hopefully. Yes. Whenever that is, whenever somebody that is. will let me know. <laughs> Thank you very much, John. Okay, Janice. Take care. I'd like to thank my guest, John Herlick, the CEO and President of IronX International, and also our producer, Adrian Townsend, for making this happen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in contact or have your very own podcast produced by Can Making News, please contact me, Janice Osborne, at Janice at CanMakingNews.com, or you can go to our website and email me through inquiries. Thank you.